Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Yes, Rob. Do you have a card? Yes. Last time, okay, because I remember yeah, last time we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, Rob, you can keep, or Chris, keep this in or don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Peter Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, and I am Rob Federick, and I am assigned a quest to be here today. So. <laughs> a quest indeed. Uh, I'm Rob Schulte. I'm a fan of lore, gentlemen, and I'm not just talking about Data's brother in Star Trek. I... <laughs> I'm a fan of folklore, ancient tales, adventures. So Green Knight, which Rob, you suggested. Yes, I did. Ticks all those categories, but we're talking more in depth on it as we get into this. Yes, we are. We have other things to discuss before we get to Green Knight, because Rob, I need you to actually choose why Green Knight. But before we get there, something else happened that you brought up. Well, guys, by the time of this recording, it'll probably be a couple of weeks, but... The Matrix Resurrections trailer dropped three days ago. Are we going more and more current? I mean, are we going to ever review another movie like Lion in Winter or Laura? (laughs) Absolutely, we will. But, well, let's think about it, right? Because it's resurrecting. Superman. Right. (laughs) But it's resurrecting an old franchise because The Matrix, the first film is now 22 years old, gentlemen. And we covered that one on what episode three? Yeah, of this something like that. Something, something like, like that. that. But they've been trying to In resurrect. Depth. They've been trying to resurrect old franchises for a while. Years later, I mean, look at uh, you got Star Wars. Yes, and then you got um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, yeah, but. The Matrix Resurrections, guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer. I did, and I have not yet. So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in knowing if you liked it. I got chills. Wow. wow. Well, you were like, you were sunglasses kid too though, right? I loved the Matrix movies, obviously growing up. I, I mean, obviously the last two I, I, I have my thoughts on uh, separate to the original Matrix. But I will say the two things that will not spoil anything in the trailer that is important to know is that apparently Lana Wachowski is saying that this is a direct sequel to the first movie. Whoa. Sort of like saying that it's not that they're, they're not confirming whether or not they're cutting out the last two movies out of canon or anything, but that this directly ties supposedly to the first movie. So they want to get rid of Reloaded and Revolutions? Something like that. And um, Lily Wachowski uh, is not directing, co-directing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is only Lana, and she wrote it, I think she wrote it and directed it, and uh, that that's that's all apparently like... This is as confusing as The Matrix itself. Yes. <laughs> or um, Superman Returns. Oh, right. Which was what, a direct sequel to Superman 2. Right. Which, was by really the way, a, I never yeah. had a problem with that movie. No, me either. Right. Me neither. I liked it. Yeah. I actually think Superman Returns should be on our feed at some point. Hey, maybe behind the paywall on the Patreon. Yes. We'll get to that later. Yes. We'll get to... Or... How about we drop our thoughts on the Matrix Resurrections trailer behind the, oh, the love Patreon. It. Love it. That's patreon.com slash madrigal at the movies, which you'll be hearing more about in the coming episodes. Rob, Green Knight, yeah. your choice. Yes. So, Is it punchable? Uh, well, before I get into whether it's punchable or not, our, our uh, editor-producer, uh, Chris Tyler, 
was the one that actually uh, brought this to my attention because I wanted to see it in theaters. As everyone knows here, I'm a big fantasy buff. I love fantasy, medieval fantasies in particular. And I really wanted to see The Green Knight. I saw the trailer. I wanted to love it. And uh, when Chris Tyler said, oh, I saw it, man. It's great. I jumped on the opportunity to watch it. And that is why I've brought it today for us to discuss. That's awesome. Um, I'm very confused by the uh, marketing. It says the green knife is red and yellow. I'm so confused as far as that's concerned. It's confusing me right now. You're talking about the poster? Yeah, look at it. It's like, first of all, the, the colors red and yellow just don't jive. But it's called the Green Knight. It should be a green poster somewhere. There should be some green somewhere. And with all the green flare and all that, you know, matrix looking mm. greenness around this uh, that, that that happens around this movie, you would think that on the poster there would be a little bit more green. Not a McDonald's poster. Yeah, it looks like a McDonald's. Oh my! Now I can't get that out of my mind. Yeah. Now, Someone's got to redo that. I think it's going to be um, a very Long, long time. No, uh, I think that what you're saying, Peter, yes. is scratching the surface of an unintentional thing I believe David Lowry had done in this film, which is, and we can autopsy this however we want, guys, but I think there's a lot of swings in this movie and not a lot of hits. Like, wouldn't it be cool if? Okay. But maybe okay. we should rate the movie first. So, how how about we try something different today? It's season okay. three. Because Changes I love rating up, the movies up front, but because this is one of the newer movies, and honestly, I, I am just, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, and I'm sure you guys know what direction my thoughts are going to be in, but I'm just, I have no idea where you guys are thinking. So, how about we like rate this at the end? Oh, breaking the norms wow. on Madrigal at the movies. Okay, if it's from here on out, I will. Okay, we can do this. And I have to admit that a lot of times my rating changes after we talk about the movie. Right. Even though Rob's the the Captain Raider. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, <laughs> the captain who rates the movies. Yes. Um, I am okay with this. Audience, if you're not okay with it, too bad. It's happening. Oh, I don't like that they moved the rating to the end. Well, you know, once, well, no, but once, no. once, variety is a good you know, thing. Once everybody gets used to a certain way of doing things, they don't like when there's a change. I don't mind the change. Yeah, let's, let's, you know Especially what? since it's so new. They also say that, like, that's what keeps things alive. Yeah. Shaking it up. Shaking Plus, it up. <laughs> all of you guys that were tuning in for the rating early now have to stick through all the episode. Oh, man. For the, because you guys are going to want that rating at the end. That's so. true. That's true. So where, I mean, it's your pick, Rob. Where yeah. do you want to begin on this? I guess I could read the back of the box. I think you should. Did you get it on VHS? I do. It's weird that this one's on VHS. But I'm not it's a green VHS, actually. Oh, thank God. They oh, there you go. It was European. So uh, <laughs> it's the alternate version. Uh, an epic fantasy adventure based on the timeless Arthurian legend. The Green Knight tells the story of Sir Gawain, King Arthur's wreck. I think I pronounced that correctly. Gawain. Yeah. Ga- Gawain, not Gerwin. Yeah, Garwin. Well, it's Garwin. Gaelic, right? Yeah. Uh, Garwin, uh, King Arthur's Garwin. reckless and headstrong nephew who embarks on a daring quest to confront the eponymous Green Knight, a gigantic, emerald-skinned stranger and tester of men. There you go. 
Now, wow. What? Okay. Yeah, it's on this VHS box. Um, You're more familiar with Arthurian tales, I'm guessing, because I remember on our episode about the Rive and Destiny that you said a lot of like uh, medieval type stories uh, resonated with you, and you tried to add elements to that into your sci-fi short. Yes, yes. So for me. I think it all started with the fascination of a sword. I I have a fascination with that weapon, the swords. Like, I just think it's such an elegant, if you want to say. I concur. Yeah. Weapon that that just inspired. And I just adopted everything medieval when I was a kid growing up. And it's been a central, uh, like, passion of mine for a lot of my art. So, needless to say, The Green Knight, when I saw the trailer, the one thing that threw me off was that it, it was an A24 movie. This is the second A24 movie that we've, uh, we're reviewing today. The first one being... Uh, yeah, I chose Midsummer a few months back. It did have that Midsummer uh, quality to it, but without the weirdness. Without, the weirdness without the insanity. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, one, no one seems to be on mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Well, but it was like... Uh, until possibly the end. <laughs> the, the thing about it, though, is that the trailer is extremely visual. It's some, yes. it's, it's impressive, right? I, I actually, like, my eyes lit up. I was like, oh, my God. Did they make, like, and I was like, but then when I saw the A24 logo, I did, I, I, I hate to have these prejudices, but I had a reservation mm. because art house fantasy doesn't always hit home for me. Oh, I completely agree. And um, I see A24 and I think, like, oh, I really like Midsummer, or I really liked any other, you know, the Safdie brother stuff. But like, I don't know. Right. I never know how <clears throat> slow some of their movies might be because they are famous for having slower films. Right. And I think that if you're going to have a slow film, the story needs to pick up the slack of yes. the pacing. Yeah, and that's I, that's the problem. That I, uh, full disclosure, I, I think I should say this before the ending. Go for <laughs> it. I loved this movie. Wow! I am shocked. I honestly thought you were I not going to love. I loved this movie. this movie. Wait, did you watch it with Jude? He didn't like it at all. Oh, okay, cool. See, and the thing is, is that, that you're not the only one that grew up with the Arthurian legend. I'm going right. to post like I'm going to when when we get closer to when we put this uh, episode out. I'm going to put out a picture of a book that I used to read as a child called Knights. Right. So I knew the entire story going in. The The ending is just a little different. The uh, The Lord that he meets, the, the wife that tried to seduce him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned out to be the Green Knight in the actual Arthurian legend. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yes. interesting. Yeah. And he's not, the Green Knight is not played by uh, Joel Egerton. Uh, he's uh, it's no. somebody else. So, so yeah. it's definitely not him in yes. cryptic thing. But let's talk about this for a second. So, because I would like it. to know the story you guys grew up on. Like, so it's, very, it's, it's the same story as in the, as in the movie, but with the, it's the same story as in the movie, but with the exception that the Green Knight turns out to be the Lord whose refuge he, you know, the, the, and the not Lord, just necessarily the mystic husband. being in the woods. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So, so the idea, because I, I, he was in disguise in English class a long time ago. And I, I, I remember knowing some of the story, but not knowing at all. But essentially, the key points is that it is a Christmas blow for blow uh, challenge. Yes. And he does decapitate the knight, right? And then mm-hmm. the knight walks off and he's afraid that, you know, basically he's got to go a year from now, yeah. get his head cut off. 
and he hasn't always been the most chivalrous of knights. He was, or he, I think he was already a knight in the story. No, yeah, he was already a knight. Yeah, he was already one of King Arthur's knights. Yeah, because this movie does like straddle the are you good or are you great and he's not a knight yet yeah and he's a good person but he has yet to do anything of greatness right well he's sort of i don't know if he's such a great person like at the beginning he's like i mean like good intentioned yeah for the most part like he's 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 a person with flaws he's not sir galahad (laughs) (laughs) Um, um but yeah, yeah, that's I think the that's the key, right? Those are the key points, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when 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 he faces off against the Green Knight, he bears his neck, and the Green Knight's not able to uh, cut his head off, but he does nick him. Oh, okay. Because so when he it comes hid back- the green sash from the Lord, and the Lord was like, "That's the one thing you didn't uh, you didn't give to me." Wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think. Rob, I keep stepping on you. You no. had a thought before this. Sorry, it? sorry. For, no, 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 but I no, forgot no, what no. it was. Uh, what was the question, though? Well, all I have to say is that, like, in response to that, I would, I love that Arthurian tales, like, have multiple versions, you know, that sure. there's, there's, like, absolutely not everything is canon, let's say. <laughs> so, right. like, did he pull the sword from stone or did he pull the sword from the lady in the lake? Right, right, right. And right. this is me being very Well, he does ignorant. both, actually, from, from the, yeah. So, but to my knowledge, I'm like, okay, there's two stories of how Arthur got his sword. Right. Right? Um, and this, I'm like, okay, another version of the Green Knight story. Right. So, I'm not coming to this with any prejudice in the sense of like, oh, it may not be exactly what I read or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And not knowing the story at all, right. I had zero going into this. So I struggled with the pacing of this and it was really yes. tough. But I love the way this movie looks. So that Sad. is... And the music. I, I love get, the music. Yes. I'm not rating the movie yet, but I'm going to give you my initial thoughts of this film. Beautiful to look at, right? The cinematography is amazing. It is the most pretentious film I've ever seen. Now, more pretentious than Midsommar? Here's the difference between Midsommar and this movie. Midsommar is an original story by a Uh director that made a specific type of film. You are now grabbing a director who is taking source material that exists and putting it into a film... In a manner that pacing-wise, cryptic-wise, just do, if you don't know that story, how the fuck do you know what's going on? And and the thing is... Well, having not known the story, right. I knew what was going on. I sure. was just bored. Right. But this is my thing is there are elements in that story that we'll get into that I, that I really need to pick the brain about, you guys, that happen. And it's like, I know that if I was watching this with my girlfriend, who's not dumb by any stretch of the magic. She's pretty smart. She'll look at this movie and be like, wait, how did that happen? And she'd, and she'd look at me, right? And the reason that I'm saying pretentious is because I feel that the director has an air of, and I'm sorry, David Lowry, I just, like, I gotta say this from one director to another, no criticism of your work in terms of, like, aesthetics and stuff, but, like, we are all, the audience isn't dumb. That's what I learned as, as a director. The audience isn't dumb. And when you treat them like, Oh, you need to be as brilliant as I am to understand my brilliance. Look at what I'm putting on film. Did you get it? Did you see what I meant with that? And you don't. And you're made to feel like you're dumb because you didn't get it. That's pretentious filmmaking. Gotcha. Now, 
We should take a quick break. Yeah. But when we come back, I want to know what you mean by pretension. I will explain specifically it because yes. I'm I very do, curious too. Because I do feel like, and I don't think you're this type of person, Ron. Sure, sure. But I do think there are people on the web who will use buzzwords and not explain why. Why? Yeah. So no, absolutely. After this break, we're getting the why. <laughs> Magic Girl with Movies with Rob and Rob. And uh, that second Rob <laughs> is going to tell us why he felt the Green Knight was pretentious. And then I'm going to probably go, yes, I agree. And Peter's going to go, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, by pretentious. What I mean by pretentious is a filmmaker that is coming. When a filmmaker makes a pretentious film is that he believes that what he is portraying for you, right? Or the film that it's made is so brilliant, right? Because he's so brilliant at what he's presenting to you that you need to be on the brilliance level of the same brilliance level he is to understand the message that he is giving you. But give me an example. So for example, Guy Wayne, Gerwin, how it's Gawain. Like it's Gawain. It's Gawain, not Gerwin. I always said Gawain. It's Gawain. It, that is how it is written and phonetically we would pronounce right. it. Which Gawain. is okay. Let's Sir put it this Gawain. way. That is one pretentious thing that I didn't like. Where it's like his name's Gawain. You can call him Gawain, Gawain, whatever, but it's not Gerwin, right? Well, and it's like you're either talking in full Gaelic or you're not. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But the king is somehow allowed to say that, maybe because he's the king or whatever, but that to me is pretentious. It's just like that I don't need to go through those levels of puzzle to understand that the king is so great that he can call him girl if that's what he meant by it. I don't think it is, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. but let's, but that to me is pretentious because it's like, why? Why do you like I'm you're supposed to entertain me. I'm not supposed to peel the layers of your movie. Some people enjoy doing that puzzle, but play video game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and the other thing is, for example, Gawain, it's another Dev Patel movie that we've actually, the second Dev Patel movie that we've recorded in a week yes. where they mispronounce the name. I will wow. say though, that Dev Patel is awesome in this. Movie. Yes, he is. Oh, okay. yeah. He's Not so much in the last movie. airbender, but in this one, he's amazing. Right. Here's the thing. I feel like everyone in this movie serves us 100% what they should be doing for that character. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah, great. So so you're saying that the the way they pronounce the name Gawain, Garwin, yeah. is pretentious. Well, that's one that's just one example that's of many, what, yeah. right? Like for yeah. example, the other thing that I have a problem with is you know, in the story, Gawain loses his sword. Right? Like they like they rob him, they lose he loses the axe, right? And all yeah. that stuff. And then he stumbles upon this ghost's house, puts the head back, wakes up the next morning axe is there right some could argue that the ghost got it back for him or whatever but the point is we don't know right yeah that and was my big issue the one thing that really pointed out to me was like i did have to rewind it and i was like okay so what i you know he finds the head of the ghost right he returns the head to the skeleton yes and then when he wakes up everything he had lost is there Right, and I understand... Still didn't make sense in the moment. It didn't. You had to do the math And afterwards. that's that, to me, is pretentious filmmaking. And is that in 
the story you guys read growing up. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Part. I don't remember that. At least it didn't make a lasting effect as the way it did in this. And him. the thing is, I know that he fought against a couple other knights, like a black knight yeah. and a blue knight. They were all color themed. This is more about the journey. Yeah, but that's also to me yeah. what makes it pretentious. That it's like, no, no, no. We're gonna make a piece about a man going on a journey and his trials and tribulations with the people that he meets. But it's all internal, man. Yeah, and. I thought that was going to be actually just at least one sword fight. <laughs> yeah. So there, there really wasn't. There was just one head slice. Yes. You know? And I, okay, so I have a couple of things I want to talk about that I think fall at least within this pretension level or, yes. or just in like, I don't know, crafty filmmaking, let's say. Sure. Um, at the beginning, we get the Green Knight's challenge yes. on Christmas. Yes. And, uh, He's like, I'm going to return whatever strike you give me, yes. whether it be a scratch on the cheek right. or an arm or whatever. Right. So why is it straight to, well, I better kill him? That's the thing, right? So that's to me... The, now, that's the story. You got to go back and talk to the uh, an anonymous unknown writer. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is, that's fine. But the point I think that I got from that moment is that he wanted greatness because he even says, everybody remembers what happened here. This this green yeah. mist... Like, Hey, and they, they think Knight he's evil. Is a new knight, right? Okay. Right, and he's an evil knight, and like he thinks there at least he's evil because the way that he entered and all sure, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. He and came with an olive branch, though. He came with an olive branch, but he was this sort of cryptic. Everybody was sort of afraid wow. of him, olive except branch. for Merlin. Yes. Merlin, like so. So King yes. Arthur looks at Merlin, but I got Merlin. That reference. You know, that was fine. I didn't. You uh, didn't get that? No. Now he I. Came the in olive, with branch an olive branch is, is a symbol of peace. I mean, I mean, I, I, I understand that now, but it just did not click. Right, but that's it, that's what I mean. Like, it's pretentious in the serving that, like, some people would know that, right? And the yeah. director's like, "I'm brilliant. I know that that's an that means peace. Some people will, but some others won't get it. Like, that's pretentious. Like, somebody could have said he bears an olive branch. He comes in peace. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like that's line. a hard. That is such a hard road. I guess I'm pretentious. Because, well, be, but I think in another film, in another film that yeah. was a little bit more well-rounded and yeah. easier to watch, yeah. um, that would have been something that's fun. But because you're able, and we're able to point out the things we didn't have fun with as much, right. it kind of makes the Easter eggs or the things that aren't well-known or, right. or, or, or less fun. Right. And I'm right there with you on that. Um, I can give you a good example, though of a filmmaker who does fall to pretentious filmmaking, but made a film that is as cryptic and you can just coherence. Well, yeah, coherence. (laughs) We're getting to coherence, but Christopher Nolan falls victim of pretentious filmmaking, especially with Tenet. Yeah. Right. But he made inception, which is a film that is a puzzle Uh and it can be complicated, but you follow it from beginning to end. And every time you watch it again, you sort of pick apart new things that you see, but you didn't feel like the first time around, you're like, wait, what? Like, like there are things that you might be confused about, but they are sort of paid off in that yeah. movie. Well, and Christopher Nolan also made uh, Memento, right? Right. Which is extreme pretension it, because we've, yes. the way it's even edited. Yes. yes. Now, um, before we get into some other things and take our next break, though, sure. because I totally get what you're saying now, Rob. And I think that, like, yeah, maybe that sort of pretension is for some people. And to me, it just felt like a slower film, you know? So I was, yeah. like, not as hyper aware of those things. I also, like, I want to, like, 
I do not care that there were some like homosexual overtones or anything like that. Like that's not my problem. Sure. In this. Sure. I don't think that story was told clear. I don't think his like um, toughness or or like his uh, he he was having trouble connecting to people in a sexual way, whether yeah. that be his his first girlfriend or his wife later that we see, right. or this king that tries to kiss him before he leaves and stuff. It's like I I'm I was struggling to figure out how that comes into the story. Yeah, especially now that Peter, you've said that the woman he does have a relationship with whenever he gets the green, the new green belt. Right. Like, if that was supposed to be, or, the, you know, yeah. the green knight in general, now I'm really confused. Right. Uh, well, that's the that's the essence of this Athorian legend. <laughs> it's, ah. It was confusing to me as a kid, I but I understood what was going. In other words, I read the story, I was confused, you know, yeah. as a kid. Yeah. But that, but I knew what was happening in the movie because I already read the story. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. You so, know, I was like, wait, so he's going to cut off this this Lord's head who transforms into the Green Knight, right? And then the Green Knight's just going to spare him because, you know, oh, you know, uh, we're inviting him to our house and I'm going to take from him everything that was gifted to him. Yeah. That includes a kiss. And then includes, uh, I can't remember what the th- second thing was. The sash. The third That's thing was right. the sash. And because he did not give that over to the Lord and was worried about his own life, mm-hmm. the, the Lord nicked him with uh, when he bared his neck and you know he was going to cut him. But instead of cutting his head off, he just nicked him. And it's like, That's for the sash that you do not give me as a gift. Wow. Right. Well, here's my thing. And, and I guess we'll go to a break right after that. And I have a big thought about sure. this movie at the end uh, that we got to go with. But um, honestly, the whole Lord scene, I, I, if I were a producer, I would have been like, cut that shit out. Like, like with, with the other girl, when she goes into her monologue and talks about one, like, I was like, I could not give two fucks about what she is saying right now. The difference between means, the colors red and green. It has no, to me, I got it. I'm like, I get it. But well, there this is where I was opposing, like, I rolled my eyes. But there well, were two grandma opposing, standing in that room. There were two opposing Blind forces. grandma, yeah, that can see. So so green was representing one force, which was the green knight. And then the red was representing a different force, which was personified by Merlin. And I don't know if you even caught con- <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. That's pretentious filmmaking. Like, you're expecting me to know all of this going into your movie to understand it? Like, yeah. not everyone's going to do that, man. Like, that, that I know, is pretentious I, I know. filmmaking. Well, this is why it's an A24 film. Well, right. I mean, like, have you ever, did you see, we're going to have to review it on this. Uh, uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, the one Arthurian, um, the one Arthurian movie that I really, really liked, you know, and it's not the 54 with uh, Robert Taylor. Excalibur. Huh? Excalibur. Excalibur I loved, but the more recent one I really liked with Charlie Hunnam. Oh, uh, King oh. Arthur. Uh, yeah, King I Arthur. I like that one Jude too. Law. I love that movie. Yeah, you know Jude I mean? Law's great. He actually steals the show in that movie. Yeah, he me. does. He really does. But I've I, never seen it. You should so, watch it. Yeah. I He's love great that, in that movie. Yeah. If you want us to cover it on the Patreon, everyone, let us know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, like, and then like, it used to be Excalibur, which was my favorite for the longest time until that movie came out. Now Excalibur takes a second. But like this one to me is, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I liked the visuals. I love the visuals. I love the music. I, I, I wasn't really on board with the journey, especially with the, the pacing. It took a little long and there could have been some yeah. stuff cut out, especially, uh, 
her monologue there could it could have been shortened so much but other than that i mean i knew what was happening i guess because i because i read the story yeah so i knew what was going on yeah uh i did not expect the ending to happen the way it did i definitely have to get into the ending we'll we'll do that after the the break yeah Yeah. (laughs) because i got thoughts on the ending yeah yeah. i do as well um uh listen to our journey to greatness after this Magic Girl at the Movies with Rob, Rob, and Peter. Yes. Um, we're back. We're trying to we're trying to kill this green knight. It's time to talk about the ending of the movie and start giving some of our final thoughts. And then yes. the rating system. The rating. Oh, oh, God, yes. oh, my gosh. Are you ready for this? Yeah, because like it's going to probably go totally against what I think of it. Because right. I, like I said, you, you weren't expecting it. No, I wasn't expecting you, you to like But that's why I was like, I really am curious because... You guys weren't expecting me to love this film. I love this film. Okay. I'm... No, my no. mind is blown. I'm actually blown frankly. because I thought Rob I'm, would I'm, really love it uh-huh. and Peter would hate it. And I feel like it's been swapped around. I really thought that I was going to love this movie too. And yeah. I'm surprised at how much I love aspects of it. Yes. You know, uh, Peter, tell me about this ending and your thoughts on it. Well, for like, I love it, even though, like, you know, I think some of it could be cut down just a couple of minutes, Shoot you know, hair yeah. here, there. Now, are you talking about the post credit scene? Because I, I did not. To- I did not. That understand I don't it. actually understand. I don't get it. All, I'm but, just uh, like, why was that in there? Post credit is a young this young yeah. girl crawling and gets the crown and puts it on her head. Yeah. Like, yeah. I forgot what that but again. Pretentious filmmaking. That, like, that's, we're all supposed to see the brilliance. Now, that to me is pretentious. It's that to me is pretentious because I didn't know. I. I knew everything happening in this movie. I did not know what that is. That's was. what I'm saying. Queen Elizabeth, probably. The, that's Queen Elizabeth. The, the whole point. Of, I mean, but again, is it supposed to spark debate? Even if that was his intent, like it was supposed to make you think. It's pretentious. Like, I'd that's rather, pretentious. I'd like to hear David Lowry talk because if he talks exactly like you're personifying. I know. Well, I'm personifying the pretentious energy. pretentious person. Yeah. I don't know David Lowry. I've actually not seen his previous work. So, you know, I, I, like I said, he is a, he, he does a good job of certain visuals, certain things I would actually dissect again, but yeah. for maybe for a Patreon, uh, um, episode, but as far as the ending goes, um, pretentious. Yeah. I thought, well, yeah, no, it was a little, pre- here's the thing. I saw it and I was like, okay, this is weird. Mm. You know, King Arthur is just giving. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is a little pretentious. Uh, King Arthur is just giving over Excalibur to Sir Gawain. Gawain. He's giving uh-huh. his sword over to him and he's going to become king. And then once it became like evident that he was like going to get beheaded or, you know, he was, he was going to lose the kingdom. I was like, this can't end this way. And all of a sudden it was like a flash of his life before his eyes and I was like oh okay I I get it I, I like okay. that you know? I gotta I gotta jump in and on then that. the and then the green eyes like all right off with your head <laughs> and I and I feel like I gotta say it dude David Delara probably thought that line was so brilliant like off with your head you know like it's like I thought the green eye looked cool the green eye looked great night looks awesome he looks Thank awesome you. I think mean, like I said he did some great things with the visuals here's my problem with that ending that you just described we just watched a slow ass fucking movie about a journey from point A to point B where he's supposed to arc and learn all this shit and he doesn't learn anything until the moment that they're going to be hit him and it's all in a flash at the end. 
This is the same problem I had with the last Twilight movie where I almost walked out of the theater and my girlfriend at the time had to slap me to keep oh, me down. Oh, God. Green where, Knight, much like Twilight. Exa- it ended exactly like Twilight, where like <laughs> it was all a vision. And now it makes sense. And none of that actually happened. And now you've learned. It's like, so what the fuck was the point of everything else that I watched? Why didn't you just show me him getting there and then make the movie about what would have happened if he ran away and all the things that happened and then it cuts back to him actually being there and that like the whole learning was that i mean like that you could have just made the movie that and it still would have been pretentious but to me it's like but it would have been a unique take on the green knight it would have been a unique take on the green knight but i just i gotta say it man like that really rubbed me the wrong way because i was like that's it's it i knew it was a vision like i was like but what is this learning? Like, what did he, like, what was the whole point of the whole journey to that point? I think that's fair. And I think that also shows the type of storyteller you are, which is a good one. Um, <laughs> and I don't like, I'm not here to like make fun of the green Knight because there are so many things that are like really beautiful and great about. We should the movie. talk about some was of them, not yeah. for We have, I mean like the things we like, and I don't mean that in a exasperated yeah. way. I mean yeah. like the things in the movie, good music scoring, individual scenes oh, amazing I, I didn't like the music though certain oh. i did like when they played the little sort of guitar sounding medieval stuff yeah. but the dun, 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 oh i like that dun, strings like I, that's I so it. typical like a24 that, that i'm yeah. like dude like why in a fantasy film like, it, sounded, it did sound like there was some midsummer elements to it oh, you yeah. know yeah there was some you know and you would think that i would dislike that but it's like you know it's the midsummer weirdness <laughs> without the insanity it's yeah. like i keep saying with with less Moms watching people have sex. Um, there you go. Yes. Now, I'm going to get on to my final thoughts, guys. Do it. And that is that this, as much as like this is probably not a movie I'm rushing to watch again. Um, Can I have your VHS copy then? Because I'm, sure. I'm rushing. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking it over to the next barbecue. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I can't say that I wouldn't recommend it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there are people that I think you might get something out of this movie and it's worth a watch. The The problem is, is that I think I would have loved this movie if I saw it in a theater and I didn't. Mm. It's a movie for the big screen and for a lot of sound. And uh, I think an at-home viewing doesn't do it justice. And if there's already elements to it that it's not in the pacing style that I like to watch, like that's two unfortunate knocks when it could just be one. Right. Um, Dev Patel, great job. Everyone else, great job. Love the attention to detail on costumes, structures, the areas it was filmed, the golden leaves when they're getting close to the Green Knight. Amazing. The fox, very cool. Um, But just not at my alley. Um, I guess we're going to find out what the rating system is here in a moment. But Peter, what are your final thoughts? One thing I was uh, the only thing that I was confused about was um, was the opening. All right, I had to. There's a couple of things. Number one was the opening. I had to rewind it a few times to understand what the what what the woman was saying. Like mm-hmm. you know, this we all know the story of the boy who pulled the sword from the stone, but this story is not for, about him or his son. Right, the son of King Arthur is Mordred. Um, so I had to rewind that a couple of times. You know. And then afterwards, like some of the dialogue is a little clunky when he's trying to, when he's trying to find his boots and yeah, he falls yeah, down and yeah. I'm just like, okay, this is, this is, uh, 
this isn't streamlined, but uh, after that, once it starts picking up a little bit, that's when I started like really engaging into it. But the one thing that had me totally and completely confused mm-hmm. was his mother summoning this the Green Knight. Green Knight. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I, why I, why I is she doing? Got it. Does she think that King Arthur's going to cut the head off, or is no, the Green Knight? She thinks she's it. trying she, to make her son great. Great. Yeah, she did got it, it for the sake of her son to learn. A lesson about himself, and then she tries to dissuade him from going and facing the Green Knight. Well, she says she wanted. Well, I think the whole point at the end, with the, she took takes over the voice of the fox, and she says, Ooh. "Oh, well, you got it. You can't. You can't." And, and he's all like, "Challenge." It's meant to be like a challenge, like he's, because the fox says, "Don't go in there." But the whole point is, he that was his mom. Yeah, but I think it was like a last challenge, you know. Uh, not mm. articulated. Well, pretentious well some of these things like <laughs> especially in old folklore like the, the challenges are just like are you that bored too you know so like yeah. we it's hard sometimes to wrap your head around like everything has to be a challenge unto greatness right and so and, i get but, that but here's the deal you got to be brilliant enough to get it guys yeah well i mean <laughs> i i got it i just don't think it was Important, right? But that, that's what I, but that's that's the whole deal. And I, I think bottom line for me is that I really I I want to state that I went into this film really wanting to love it. Like I really wanted to love it because medieval like fantasy or legends totally up my alley. The trailer was so visually impactful that I was like I'm sold. Uh, and and I just it didn't pull it up for me because a the pacing is unbearably slow. There is a take. It's a beautiful shot of him leaving the castle on his horse. And it's like this misty. Uh, like, oh, yeah, that was a gorgeous shot with the ruins and stuff like that. Why the fuck did it need to be five minutes long? Dude, did you watch that was so good. That? You, yeah, I found it very interesting, though, that as the kids are like yelling for him, he's like stoic and standing forward. And right after the shepherd leaves, his face drops to be like. Oh, shit. I'm terrified. Yeah. yeah. It still didn't still need to be five minutes long. Long as hell. It didn't have to be that long. And it's like, that's where I have an issue with filming. And, I'm, and look, every filmmaker is entitled to tell his story the way they want to do it. James Cameron points out a really great thing on how when he did Avatar, the scenes of the flying, the studio wanted to cut them down. And he said, no, I want to see it. I want to see it. It's an important moment because that's where they fall in love. And it's just cool to look at, right? Sometimes you just need to put that in there. And I agree with him. And I struggled with that concept with this shot because I was like, well, it is a really beautiful shot to look at. I will say I like I love that shot, but they did it way too many times because the right afterwards, he's riding along. He's talking to the 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 kid yes. who's like, you know, picking uh, up arrows. Yeah. The you know, thief and that, guy. And that, every that shot can one, be that shot. But that, that one was yeah. way too long. See, I like that other one. Right. But I didn't like the one well, where he's like. All of these long shots next to By each the other. By the way, right. doing what and, we're but saying. that's but that's what the movie falls victim to is that there's a lot of dragged out moments, yeah. which is what I have a problem with certain films that are art house and stuff because they too they do tend to drag out these moments, thinking that it's going to sink emotionally and gotcha. or make you think, and that's not necessarily the case. Dragging out a moment does not make it more impactful. You can have a shorter moment that can deliver the same punch or more. And pace the story moving forward for everyone. I got a question for you guys. Does King Arthur know what's going on behind beyond his walls of Camelot? There's <laughs> like well, a battle going on. It's almost like there's no one. Wait, what? There's supposed to be a war going on. That's they allude to that. The king is involved in a war that I don't even. <laughs> we don't even yeah, see. that he's supposedly neglected. 
Oh. Because he's growing weary. He's growing old. Is oh, the, gotcha. the, what he's I got not old him. enough to stop being king, though, until yeah. the end of this movie. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, he doesn't look old. Yeah, I uh, those bags under those eyes, guys. He yeah. looked. He was supposed <laughs> to be old and sickly. Like I guess he could. Like you know, even when he was like in the vision, like knighting him. Yeah. Or giving him the king, like the crown. Like he could barely lift his sword and shit. Yeah. You know. Wow. That's still you know twenty years after or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe. And anyway. he says it when he faces the Green Knight. He's like, "My will wants to, but oh, my body right. won't follow." Yeah. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. he's basically saying, "I'm too old to fucking do this." You need time to retire, Mr. Arthur. Anyway, Rob, what are we going to rate Mr. Pendragon. This? Yes. Sorry. So Arthur Pendragon. I will give a non-traditional rating today where it's like, just go see the movie and make up your own thoughts. I think that's a very that's perfect, fair, yeah. fair, fair thing to say. Make up your own thoughts because some people will love it. Look, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 88%. The audience gave it a 49%. So clearly there's a divide amongst people. Very... Like, either you love it or you don't. Yeah. And I think that there are beautiful elements that have been executed. The Green Knight looks awesome. The visuals are great. The acting is great. Some of my choice of casting, I wouldn't have gone with. Uh, in ter- They're all great actors. I just visually, I was like, why? But um, overall, a lot of people said that they it made them think for weeks on end after. And maybe that's what this guy intended. But I guess at the end, just go see the movie. Hell yeah. Well, um, Guys, this is our last episode before we start getting into horror month. Woo! And we've got a few things planned out. Now, uh, I don't want to put you all on the spot, but have you decided which spooky movie you want to choose for this season? I have too. And I'm wondering if we should let people know where, you know, things could change at any moment. But for now, should we let people know what they're in store for? Sure. Um... Rob, what do you what do you think you want to watch this? So I had two choices I wanted to bring to the table. Okay, so maybe, maybe yeah. you never know, never know yeah. which one it's going to be. Uh, and you guys can decide, but it was either going to be Bram Stoker's Dracula, Ooh. or Demon Knight from <laughs> Tales from the Crypt <laughs> with Billy Zane. I think that's going to be the one. <laughs> oh my God, was that in theaters? Oh yeah, yeah. And so was the in sequel, the 90s. Bordello, Bordello of Blood. Blood, which is a great movie. Yeah to bring to the table which is okay. what peter's choosing <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this wow yeah, demon i guess, it, I guess it's demon night man so. holy shit i i actually meant to get my vhs of that so i will get my vhs of that uh and bring it here to california oh god okay i, I might watch it later today mm. peter what were you thinking i know i know your promise last year but let's see if it matches up uh, I don't know what my pro- I can't remember my promise well, last you year, know. but I think I'll that I think that I want to do Scream Two. Ding ding ding! ding. The one. Continue yeah. on with the Scream theme. We made that promise. Yep. Um, and then I will in me- the Broken Arrow music and all. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Dun, 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 dun. Oh man. Uh, well, I will say that uh, Simpsons writer Bill Oakley has agreed to come on this uh, Halloween season to cover the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and some of the spookiest food you can eat at the movie theaters, like nachos. Um, but we don't know which date that's going to be at, and maybe it'll be behind the Patreon paywall. I don't know. Keep keep your uh, eyes out, everyone. Ears I, open. Ears yes, open. Keep the ears open and clean. Um, I, at this point, have decided that I would like to have us watch a movie called Pin from 1988. Okay. P-I-N. Okay. It stars uh, <laughs> Terry O'Quinn, who you might know from Lost. Yeah. He, he's uh, Mr. Smoke in that show. 
Um, and it is about a doctor who has a uh, an anatomically correct doll that may frighten children. Interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yes. All right. I remember watching this movie way back. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. But before we wrap up today, I'd like everyone to know, you know, I've, I've joked. We've posted about it. We've got the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Magic All the Movies. That's where you can go to support this show and find bonus episodes like all of our movie trivia episodes that have been pulled from the public feed and now are behind the paywall. We've got other bonus stuff coming up. Uh, that is also how we are going to eventually try and uh, get some extra dollars into our Chris Tyler, our producer, editor's yep. pockets. Uh, but we also have other things to plug on this podcast. Peter, what is something you would like to draw more attention to? Uh, so, you know, I'm doing a social happy hour uh, every Wednesday. We're on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing something else behind a paywall it's going to be called hunk hunk of burning love <laughs> which i'm going to be the host of uh, what's it going to be called hunk hunk of burning love <laughs> so i'm going to be basically looking for um looking for love hey let me be your david spade on that show okay or the wells the bartender and peter people can find links to that on your instagram I yeah think. i'll be putting it out there very okay. soon yes cool. Rob? Cool. Well, guys, you guys know you can find me on Instagram at Rob Federick, but also on twitch.tv slash phantom director with a K. Director spelt with a K instead of a C. Uh, and you guys can find me there. Uh, Rob appears there every Friday now uh, with some great uh, D&D stuff that we make. So if you guys are into movies or living adventures, there's definitely that to look forward to. And uh, yeah, just, you know. Keep Hopefully soon, content. the Green Knight makes an appearance on your DMD. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak, you know that they did make a role playing game in market in marketing for this really? movie. They made a role playing game of the Green Knight, specifically with a map and a booklet and everything like that. That's just for the movie. The three of us should find that. We, yeah, we should we, discuss we, we, it. We could we could buy it. It's on the A twenty four shop. Apparently. Oh hell yeah! So. I'm kidding. Well, the only thing I'm gonna. Uh, plug are the other podcasts I do with my friend Brittany. You can head to pinkjeansproductions.com and see those, which are also on the Heavy Metal Network, which is what this podcast is on. Shout out to Heavy Metal. We will see you all next week with another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. Rob, do you actually want to sign it off since it's your pick this week? Um, I mean, you already did a great job of it, so uh, off with your heads, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes, or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts.